Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. What have we been dealing with? One more time. One more time. Reflection, enlargement, habitation, counterpart. One more time. Reflection, enlargement, habitation, counterpart. Reflection, enlargement, habitation, and counterpart. Hallelujah. So, God has always eternally wanted a reflection on earth. That's the reason why God created the earth is not to save the planet. It's not so that human beings can come and be having fun and party. That's not why God created the earth. He created the earth so that he can create a spirit in man. Remember, in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1, you made the heavens, you stretch out, uh, sorry, 12, verse 1, yeah. So you stretch out the heavens, laid the foundation, and then when you finish all that, the core thing he made, the centrality of God's creation was to make the spirit of man in him. Why? So that he can inhabit the man through his spirit. So man becomes his expression. So man becomes his enlargement on the earth. That's why he created Adam. And when it was time to get Eve, what did he do? He opened up Adam and pulled her. So, But why didn't he just create another person? That's why you also don't come from anywhere, but you always come from another person. We all came from somebody. So where did the first man come from? He was made. He's the first to be made now. Everybody, so when God was making Adam, he thought about you. He thought about me. You know, you can count the number of trees in an orchard or for your six or in a garden. But you can never count the number of trees in an apple because the apple is made up of seeds. There are seeds in the apple and in every seed, it's a forest. That's the, the way God makes things. So God made Adam, which all of us were in Adam, and he pushed her out one after. So when Adam wanted a counterpart, now listen to this, this is very interesting. It was not Adam who said, I need an It was not Adam who said, I needed a girl. No. It wasn't Adam. It was God. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. And God said, it is not good. He didn't say Adam was lonely. Those of you who want the counterpart because of your loneliness. No other human being coming into your life for marriage can cure your loneliness. Sort out your loneliness because marriage or a boyfriend or a girlfriend does not cure it. He didn't say it is not good for man to be lonely. There's a difference between being lonely and being alone. Wow. Wow. He said it is not good for man to be alone. But what is interesting is Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. You see, so when someone who tells you Genesis chapter 1 is not important, has missed the whole importance of the Bible. Because the Bible becomes very important right from Genesis. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is definitive. It defines everything. So Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, I spoke to you about how we became God's reflection. Now, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says, God said, let us make man. How was man made? How was man made? In God's own image. Right? Yes, sir. Did God get it wrong? No. no. 
He said, let us make man in our own image. Then the verse 27 said, and God, so God created man like him. He created man to look like him. Then chapter 2 verse 18, God says that this man I've created to be like me. Is God telling us something about himself? Oh, this is interesting. God said it's not good for man to be alone, but you created man like yourself. Say Adam. So why was it, good? Was it not good for man to be alone? Because he needed a counterpart. So God made a counterpart for him. What's the name of the counterpart of man? When I say man, the Adam. God made a counterpart for Adam. But there is a comparison in the Bible. Like in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, verse 13. Adam was being compared to somebody. So in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, he said, just as through one man's, one man, sin entered the world. Who is that man talking about? Adam. Oh, okay. And through sin, uh, sorry, through that sin, and death spread to how many? All men. All men. Because all sinned. One man sinned and it's classified all of us sinned. So you didn't have to commit the sin Adam committed. You are guilty of what Adam is guilty of. So, now no, let's go to verse 14. And now of 15, and it's brackets, it's still brackets. So let, let, let's go to the next verse. I want to show you something. Okay, the free gift. Of, okay, for if one man by offer. All right, let's keep there. Let's stay there. Now, it said, for if by one man's offense, many died. You remember death spread on all men. How did, how did death come to all men? Through Adam. Who is that one man? Who is our man? Adam. But he says that for if by one man's offense, who is that one man? Adam. He did the offense. Offense, many died. Say much more. more. Say much more. Much more. If by one man's offense, many died, much more. The grace of God and the gift by the grace of that one man, for you not to get it, there's another one man. The first one man offended. The second one man obeyed. So watch this. Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of that one man. So you don't get it wrong. Jesus Christ abounded to many. Look at 16. I think we should go to the 17. I want to get to 19, but 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Whose offense? Who is that one man? I can't hear you. Adam. I can't hear you. Adam. So Adam is that one man through whose offense death came to him and all. That's what he's saying. If by one man's offense death reigned through the one man, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one. This is the second one. Yeah. Have you realized that there are two ones? Yes. One to one. There's one Adam and there's another type of Adam or another Adam, but it's not the same Adam. So then, they are all one man. So in heaven, you go to heaven based on which one man's side you are on. I'm getting somewhere. It depends on which one man you are in. Because, okay, let's go to the next verse. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's act, uh, righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. That all men doesn't mean everybody. It just means all men who are in Adam, the second Adam. So once you are born, you are a human being, you originate from Adam. But you have to be born a second time so you can originate from somewhere. So if you haven't been born the second time, if you have not been born again, all you have is the first birth. And the first birth connects you to Adam. The second birth connects you to the second Adam or the last Adam. Through whose obedience life comes to all of us. 
So anybody who is in Christ is actually have been born again. Because the first birth is hurting you. The first birth is hurting you. The first birth is limiting you. The first birth is restricting you. The first birth birth is blocking you from having relationship with God. Why? Because all sinned, according to verse 12. All! Because of that one man, the Bible says that uh, death spread to all men. Because why? All sinned. Look at verse 19. Are you learning something? Yes. Yes. Verse 19 says, for us by one man's disobedience. Who is that one man? Many were made sinners. So also, say so also. So also. By one man's obedience. Who is that one man? Second obedience. That's why you see the M is capital. So also, the same way. So if anybody is deserving of hell, you see, religion will tell you, you will go to hell because of the things you are doing. God will tell you, you will come to me, make to heaven, not because of the things you are doing, but because of where you belong. You go to hell not because of what you do. You go to hell because of where you belong. People will go to hell having done a lot of good things. And they are not going to hell for what they did because there's no one good enough. No one is good enough. Let's all say that together. No one is good enough. So those people who say, but this is a good person, this is a good person. Shut up. Don't compare a Christian to someone else who is good. Doesn't matter what you don't like. God is not judging. Watch this. God is not receiving us as his children because of what we do. It depends on who you are in. Are you in Adam or you are in Christ? Bible talks about in Adam all died, in Christ all live. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. Let's all read it out from the screen. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Are you made alive? In Christ. Christ. It's not because you are studying, not because you are reading your Bible. You are reading the Bible, so now you have been made alive. No! You are dead. A dead man can't help himself. Can you? No dead person can help themselves, even if you give them medication. When you are dead, you have gone beyond help. And we, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, were dead in our transgressions. So we have gone beyond help. Sometimes people are preaching and they give illustration about salvation. It's like we are, someone is drowning in the water. You are drowning and someone wants to help you to save you from drowning. So they throw life jackets. Yeah. They throw a life jacket or a rope. For you to hold on. <laughs> Listen, the one who is dead under the water, life jacket can't help them. Even not a submarine can help them. You are dead. A life jacket can help you. You are dead. A divers can't help you. We were dead in our. That, that's the one we. Had. That was that was our situation. That's why you can't overcome addiction because you are dead man. Wow. You are dead man. That's why you're struggling with so many things in your life. You are dead in your transgressions. That's why you do some of the things you do. The things I don't want to do, that I do. Dead man. Dead man walking. Dead man wearing Balenciaga. (laughs) Without any balance in your life. Dead man! Dead man with a girlfriend. (laughs) Dead man with a boyfriend. In Adam, what happened to everybody in Adam? As in Adam all died. In the same way. Even so means in the same way. If it is true for that, then it's also true here. God cannot punish sin if he cannot forgive sin in Christ. He is not permitted to punish you for the sins of Adam if he can't forgive you. Draw your attention to the fact that there are two main months. Plural of man. Months. <laughs> no men. Okay, this one. Two months here. The first man was the one who disobeyed. The second man was the one who obeyed. The first man was the one through whom death came on all. The second man was the one through whom life came on all, came to all. So Romans chapter 5 verse 19 says that 
For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. How did he become a sinner? Uh-huh. Someone is getting it. How do you become a sinner? I can't hear you. So you, I know you've been trying to behave well, well, nice, now you are still a sinner. You are still a sinner. Because you are born like that. You are born. Sin. A sinner is like a race. You can shave all your black hair. It doesn't make you blonde. <laughs> or you can shave all your blonde hair. It doesn't make you dark. In Psalm 51, it says that in sin, verse, I think verse 4, in sin did my mother convince, conceive me. I was brought forth in iniquity. In sin did my mother conceive. It does not mean my mother fornicated to convince me. Some people say that's what it means. That my father, my mother fornicated and then, ah, you know, it does happen in London a lot of the time. Some people were fornication children, but it doesn't make you wrong. That's the beauty of God. It doesn't make you wrong. Apart from Jesus. Nobody existed before the womb. What do you mean? He said, before I formed thee, God formed human beings in the womb. It's not every sexual activity that produces a human being. Not every sexual intercourse produces conception. In fact, many, 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 millions of sexual intercourse this year have not produced a child. You are not a product of mechanical, just mechanical sex. You are a product of God forming you. So maybe your dad met your mom in an ungodly manner or in a certain unhelpful, and yet you, you came out. You are not an accident. God actually took advantage of their misbehavior and formed you. Because not every sexual intercourse produces a human being. The ones that do God, Bible said, before I formed you, before I formed you in your mother's womb, before you were formed, God formed you. You never existed. God chose to bring you into existence through your mother's womb. That's why abortion is an issue. So, when you are born, he said, in sin did my mother conceive me. That, that statement means that I'm, 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 I was born a sinner. You didn't, have to, you didn't have to teach me how to sin. You don't teach a child to lie. The way you don't teach a child to suck feeding bottle. You don't teach a child to lie or to be stubborn. It just is like it's natural. So then we have the nature of sin. And then we compound it by sinning as well, doing things that we shouldn't be doing. So when you come to God, he never charges you with the things you have done. Because he didn't come to save you for things you haven't done or save you from things you have done. He came to save you from what you inherited from Adam. So they said, in Adam all died. In Christ, all live. The whole thing is Christ and Adam. Let's all say that together. Say it again. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, talks about the fact that it's written, the first man, what's his name? Became a living being. The last Adam, that's Jesus Christ. You getting it? Now, when God created man in his image, he said it is not good that man should be alone. Are you telling us something about yourself, God? Is there maybe there's a reason why you created us? You created us in your image, and then when you created us, later he said, no, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make an Eve for him. Why? Because God has always had 
a counterpart on his mind. He created us to be his counterpart. Why was Eve created? To be Adam's counterpart. Why was Eve created? Is there Genesis chapter chapter 2, verse 18? He said, It's not good for man to be. I'll make him a helper. Suitable, comparable, appropriate for him. Someone that can work. That you can tell this is he, she compliments him. So Eve was made for Adam. Let's all say that together. So then, if we have two types of Adam, the first Adam had his Eve, the second Adam must also have his Eve. So 2 Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 11, verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. For I am jealous, this Paul writing to the church. He said, I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed. Give me a different translation. Oh, my good God. Give me uh, that betrothed. People may not understand it. What verse? For I promise you to one husband. You promise a church to a husband? Is there a certain husband for the church? Give us new internet, a new living translation. Let's see how it will put it. For I'm jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promise you as a pure bride to one husband. Who is that husband? Hallelujah. I promise you to one husband. Message. Let's see how message you put it. The thing that is so upset is that I care about you so much. This is the passion of God burning inside. I promise your hand in marriage to Christ. Presented you as a pure virgin. A pure virgin <laughs> to a husband. Let's go back to I think let's stay with New American Standard Version. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I be, that betrothed has come. You know what betrothed means? Engage. To engage somebody. So they are betrothed. You know, Mary and Joseph, she was betrothed. Those nativity story, remember? She was betrothed. All right. So betrothed, to betrothed is like you've been engaged. The marriage hasn't happened, but the hand has been placed on you, a woman. So he says that for I betrothed, let's go to Amplified. Let's see how Amplified will put it. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy because I have promised you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. New King James Version. I am jealous for you with godly jealousy for I have betrothed you to one husband that I present you. Is that the end of the story? It's going to get interesting. Are you ready for this? Look at the next verse. Scary. But I fear. Let somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve. Oh, so you're comparing us to Eve? Oh, really? So we are just, ah, because the first Adam's woman was Eve. The second Adam who has a woman is called the church. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. So he said, I'm, I'm, I'm very worried that the way first Adam got, first Adam's woman, the serpent came and deceived. He said, I'm afraid that your minds, you text, your minds may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. From the simplicity, from the simplicity that is in Christ. So he says that, I'm afraid that the way, you know, you have already been told you, I've engaged you to Christ. So I can present you as a wife to this husband Christ. But the <coughs> history seems to want to repeat itself. Wow. Wow. So why won't pastors teach these things? I'm even surprised. <laughs> <laughs> why how, how come you are pinning? You are telling me your father is a bishop. <laughs> <laughs> You have telling me you've been in church all your life. How come this, this is basic? Wow. Wow. This is basic. I'm telling you, when it comes to Christianity, wow. what I'm teaching you is supposed to be basic. Wow. Wow. Because the platform 
It should be fundamental understanding in Christianity. Yeah. I don't know that you will never appreciate why the Bible is the Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. We are the bride of Christ. He said, I fear. Lest the way you were deceived. The woman, the wife of the first Adam, was deceived. This good Adam too has got now this woman engaged to him. I have to quickly move through teachings lest your mind he will call you because your mind, your mind, your mind, your mind, the way you are thinking, the way you are thinking, the way you are thinking is what makes you vulnerable. The way you are thinking is what makes it turn guess an upper hand over your life. That is why run away from pastors who don't teach. And any Christian who is void of teaching, serpents will get you. The old serpent. He's on the loose. A pastor, why doesn't God just kill him? That's a lazy man's desire. Why don't you run your own race? If you love God, Satan is not a problem. enough, Satan will never be a problem. It's a problem we all are aware but why is it that some of us are still enjoying Jesus? Satan's, Satan has never been a threat to the work of God. Never once. He said I will build my church and the gate of hell cannot prevail against the church. Why should we stop focusing on our Christ and focus on the devil who is going to attack us? The devil who is to attack us. No, he's not a problem for us. Our problem is our flesh. Lack of love for Jesus is your biggest problem. It's not the devil. He said, Simon, Simon. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon. Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. Satan's agenda. Satan has an agenda for everybody or anybody who attempts to do God. Because when you attempt to do God, it's almost like prison break for the devil. You are breaking out of prison. The devil wants you under captivity. Because he will the sun sets free. So Satan doesn't want you to go. So then he feels like, you, you want to go? I have to block you. He said, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But you just that didn't say after. Casting. He said, you are the one who needs prayer. I prayed for you that your faith will not fail because what he does, if your faith is in place, he can touch you. Are you learning something? So, going back to what me saying. (laughs) So, you can see that there are, I don't want to call it two Adams because Jesus is not a second Adam. He's the last Adam. It's very important. He's the last Adam. And Adam was, according to the Bible, he was a type of Christ. Christ was not a type of Adam, no. It's Adam who was a type of Christ. Why? Because Christ is the main, the real deal. Everything in Adam was pointing to some, the original in Christ. Adam is like a Rolex watch you have bought from Dubai. Oh, sorry, China. <laughs> replica. Adam is a replica. He's not original. Christ is the actual real image of God on earth. Right, so then, God said, let's make man in our image. Then he turns around and says that it's not good that man should be alone. He's trying to reflect, tell us something that uh, uh, it's not good that God should be alone. Pastor, hold on, hold on. Are you trying to tell me God is not complete? He's complete in every word, of every sense of the word, so long as heaven is concerned. So why does he need earth? He created earth so that he can have his reflection on earth. 
He can have his enlargement on earth. He can have his habitation on earth. He can have his counterpart on earth. That is why on earth it's not good that man should be alone. So, when you read the Old Testament, many of the prophets, they were, what they were doing, the job of the prophets, were trying to get God's people to be united to God. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5. Hosea chapter 2, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5 said, For your maker is your husband. Huh? Oh, so God, God, God sees himself as a husband. We, oui, monsieur. In fact, in Hosea chapter 1, verse 2, he came to the prophet Hosea and he said, go and marry a prostitute called Goma. Who is a prostitute? A prostitute is someone who increases body count based on their personal interests. All right. Another way of putting a prostitute. A prostitute is a woman who makes herself available for sexual intercourse without commitment to the man. Now, watch this. God comes to the prophet and tells the prophet, go and marry that goma prostitute. Huh? Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry. For the land has committed great harlotry. Huh? Uh, can, but can... A land commit harlotry, he said, the people, God's people, they have committed harlotry. What have they done? In departing from God. Oh! Some of you, you know I'm talking about you. You have committed harlotry in backsliding from God. Because you are genuinely born again. Your heart for Jesus, oh Jesus, I love you, I love you. Another time you are showing, you are, you are loving something else. It doesn't have to be a man or a woman. It can be a job. It can be a system. It can be a movie. It can be a lifestyle. It can be something you are attached to taking the place of God. He said, Goma. He said, Hosea, marry Goma. It's a statement I'm making that these people have committed harlotry against me. The land have committed. God has always wanted to be like a husband. Who is, what's the purpose of a husband? To be united to his wife. Mm. Okay, let me show you. Genesis chapter 2. It's not good. Verse 18. It's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him help, help me. And then Bible says that in verse 21, and Genesis chapter 2, verse 21, God caused, took a rape from Adam, made the woman, verse 22, and brought her to him. And when he saw her, he said, now, this is bone of my bone and my flesh of my flesh. Wow, that's nice. Look at verse 24. Say, therefore. Therefore, say, therefore. therefore. Say, therefore. therefore. This kind of union, union thing that man had. With, it said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined. Meanwhile, Adam didn't have a father. Adam didn't have a mother. So why is he saying that? Because he's pointing to something very significant. Leaving all things that are even so much part of your life, abandoning them, leaving them for the purposes of an eternal union. So, and therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. The two shall become one flesh. Therefore, this union thing. Then Jesus comes on the scene and he goes in Matthew chapter 19, verse 6. Have you not read, Moses, how that in the beginning God made them male and female? Not she-male. Male. God made them male and female. And then he says, therefore, Jesus quoted it too. Therefore, a man shall leave his um, father and mother and which cleave to his wife and the two shall be one flesh. Then Paul comes on the scene. These are big guys. Moses is a big guy. Moses said the Genesis 1, Jesus is a bigger guy. He also comes, talks about marriage. And then, and then um, Paul, the one who was given a revelation to explain the church, how the church is the bride of Christ, Paul comes, and then in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25, it begins to begin, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives, oh, 
The church is like a wife. Oh, come on, please. So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Because the church is like a wife. Then look at the next verse. Husbands, love your wives. Just ask, uh, oh. Mm. Do you know why he gave the commandments? He gave the commandments so that we can love him. So part of the commandments, Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, he says that for God will visit. Watch this. He said he will show mercy to thousands to those who love me. What? What has love to do with obeying the law? No, no, it's not just law. It's not a, you, you, those of you who don't, who keep to this, those of us who keep to the speed limit and, <laughs> and don't break the law. It's not because we love the king. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not because you, your school, if those of you in union, your school has rules and regulations. You keep them not because you love the head teacher. But it's not because that's what you got to do. It's the law. But God's law is not like that. Because so technically you say, what has love got to do with the law? But God's law is not, not like that. He said, those who break my law are punished. And then I am the God, the Lord God. Verse, verse 5. You shall, bow, you shall not bow down yourself to don't make images. For I am the, I'm the Lord your God. I'm the Lord, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Your dad, your granddad did something, you are paying for it. You don't take church serious. People have cursed your dad and their children. Or your granddad. Your dad was a normal man. But that's why his son died early. That's why maybe his daughter died early. Sometimes you may not understand the dynamics. Because you are fighting a battle you didn't start. You are born in a battle that was fight that was going on already. So I don't understand why you won't even do God. You won't do God and you are doing sex. You, look at the complicated mess in your background. Which was started by your grandfather. He said, I visit the iniquity of the fathers. Not to only first generation. Not second generation. To the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. That's why I will serve God. When you come under God, when you, start, you are in Christ, those Adamic things are suspended. They can't, they can't be fully executed against your life. He says, Satan has desired to sift you like it. Maybe he has the permission. He has, he has God in it. But I, I pray for you that your faith is in place. When your faith is in place and in Christ, Satan's activities are, mini, they, they are, they are hindered. Well, okay, let's go. Hey, visiting the iniquities of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But look at that's not at the end of the story. Verse six, he said, hey, "Watch the verse six said, and showing mercy, say mercy, mercy, showing mercy to those who love me." So when you begin to love God, what what is love? this is the commandments, and he inserted love there. That when you love, that's why they ask Jesus, what's the greatest of all the commandments? Matthew 22, verse 37. What's, what's the greatest of all the commandments? He said, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your mind. With all your, ah! So the commandments was given so someone can love. What is God looking for? Why, is, why does he want us to love him? Because he wants a universal romance. He created us to be his counterparts. And the counterpart is supposed to be someone who loves. I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about love. There's a difference between having, loving somebody and sleeping. <laughs> but it says that to those who love me. Why? Because God wanted us to have a romantic relationship. It's divine romance. Divine romance is not lustful. It's loving. Why does he want romance from us? Why does he want love from us? Can you, don't forget, Jesus said, the biggest of all, the greatest of all the commandments is you shall love the Lord your God with all. Can you imagine? You love the Lord your God with all your heart. Part of it doesn't belong to anybody. With all, that means you can walk away from a boy because you love Jesus. You can walk away from a girl because you love Jesus. 
You can walk away from money. You can walk away from drugs. You can walk away from uh, uh, fraud. You can walk away from anything. You can from friends. You, you, because you love God with all your heart. And with all your soul. And with all your mind. Say, so you shall love the Lord your God. They asked him, what's the greatest of the commandments? He said, this is the greatest. This is the greatest. That's the greatest. So they looked at these commandments about love. But why is God looking for love? Because he created us to be his counterparts. Are you getting me? Yes, he created us to be his counterpart. That's why I said, Adam, you can't practice romance alone. So now watch this. God wanted a divine relationship. So he created man. Then after creating man, he said, man, it's not good that you're alone. It's not good. That's why I created you. To show you that me, myself, so long as earth is concerned, I created the earth so I can come here and have a counterpart here. So he put Adam to sleep got him and Eve. Then second, second Adam comes on the scene, he put him to, they put him to sleep on the cross so that an Eve can be produced from the side. You cannot have a church without a cross. So he died on the cross in John chapter 19 verse 34. They pierced his side. Didn't they pierce his side? See, they pierced, is that not where Eve came from? They pierced his side, and Eve, the... I like this movie. <laughs> and God formed the church. Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. He died for the church. He died to produce the church. So when Satan wanted to stop him from dying, he said, get behind me, Satan. Peter said, oh, master, you can't go and die because you, you are a master. You are the, you're the savior. You are the... Jesus turned to Peter, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. He turned to Peter. He said, Satan! Who is it? Are you talking to? Is it Peter or Satan? It's in your Bible. It's very, sit down, please. It's very interesting. It's very, very, very And Jesus turned to, turned and said to who? Peter. He said to who? Peter. What did he say to Peter? Yeah. Satan. Ah! Why? Because he said that. You are an offense to me. What, what, what have I said wrong? See, he didn't know Satan was talking through him. Wow. You are an offense to me. What, 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 what have I done wrong? For you are not mindful. Your mind is not on the things of God. You're only thinking about how men think. What seems to be politically correct? What seems to be getting people money? What people, everybody likes? What is trending on social media? That's what you are thinking about. You are thinking, you mind the things of men, not the things of God. That's why Satan is using you. You are easy vessel for Satan when your mind is only thinking about natural things or oh, but it's not nice for the pastor to say that. <laughs> but, but, but did he have to say that? That's all you heard. He was talking about important things. He used that as an illustration. And that's all you heard. You mind the things of men, not the things of God. We are talking about God's eternal program, eternal agenda. And we are gently trying to weave it for people to grasp it. You get distracted by natural illustrations. You mind the things of men. No wonder Satan get behind me. You are going to block the move of God with the way you are thinking. So Paul had to write to the church of Colossae and tell the believers in Colossians in Colossae. Tell them in Colossians chapter three, verse one. He says, "Since you are risen with Christ, set your mind." He said, set your, mind, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Because that's what Peter did as Satan used him. Set your mind on things above. Your mind, the way you are thinking. The way you are thinking is pulling the work of God. They say the choir is meeting again. Do we have to always rehearse? Do we have to always rehearse and meet like that? Ah, tomorrow again, praise time. Do we have to always? You see, you see, you see. You see. 
Your mind, your mind, your mind is hurting your place, your placement in God. Your mindset is denying your placement in God. God can do without you. But I wonder if you, with the complicated nature in your background, with your history, your colorful history, your messed up story. So now that God is managing to get you to church, Satan wants to kick you out. So you have to set your mind on things that are not necessary. Look at how much this thing is blessing you suddenly. Pastor said, don't, have, don't be sleeping with people you are not married to. I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm upset. You think you are that important? Please. Please. You have an exaggerated opinion of yourself. Please. Please. Even your job is not secured. Many people will not envy your life. Many people, if they dash them your life, they won't like it. What are they going to do with your life? And yet, Satan has managed to make you think you are so important. And you are minding the things of men, not the things of God. Someone needs to wake you up. It seems like you have been sleeping for a very long time. You are are living in a fool's paradise. Be real. You are not as important as you thought you were. Please. My importance is tied to the word of God in my mouth. So if you don't have the word of God in your mouth, better shut up. But let's go on. Jesus said to Peter, you were blocking me from doing this. Satan. Why? Because he came. The reason why Jesus came is the reason why he did the first miracle at a wedding. The first miracle he did had to be at a wedding. It had to be at the wedding because he was pointing to something very important. So it says, husbands, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. The church is like a wife to Christ and gave himself for her. Oh, so he died for her. He was put to bed. He was put to deep sleep. He didn't sleep permanently. Did Adam sleep permanently? When he woke up, he saw a church. He saw an Eve. When Jesus resurrected, he found a church. No, he woke up. Oh, bride has come. Hello, bride. Hello, bride. I came, all be- I came to this earth all because of you. Because me as God, I always wanted a counterpart. And I'm happy to now church. And you want to temper with the church? Christ will temper with you. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Watch this. To do what? Verse 26. That he might sanctify. So you don't have to be clean before you come in. He himself will cleanse you. Oh, good news for bad boys. Good news for bad girls. Body count. He does not care. He doesn't care. We don't care your body count. Everybody has got some count something. Some people, they have lying counts. Everybody has some wrong thing with yourself. And so it doesn't matter how much your count is. He really does not care because he saved, he died so that he can (laughs) cleanse you. You can't cleanse yourself. That's why you don't have to stay in your sin. And say, oh, God will not accept you. Who told you? Why would, he, why, would, why would he die for you if he won't accept you? He gave himself. You are part of the bride of Christ. Don't stay out. He gave himself to the church that he might sanctify and cleanse her with washing of water by the word. So when you come in now, begin to clean you to the teaching of God's word. He is doing the cleaning. I'm doing the speaking, but I'm speaking on his behalf. And he's using the word to wash you, to wash you, to wash you, to wash you. Don't don't listen to a pastor who will not open the Bible. He's wasting your your future. What's the usefulness for a barber who doesn't cut hair? Why would you sit in a class of a teacher who doesn't know anything about the syllabus? You, you, You have an exam coming. You are in school to prepare, doing maths. 
And this teacher, all he knows is dancing. And has come to your math class, and every time I say, one plus one is what? Two. So put in a music, one plus one is two. Come on, one plus. Listen, after the first teaching, second lecture, say, leave, that, leave that class because you fail. He's just telling one plus one, one plus one, one plus one. That's not for your level. That's not for your level. Even he said they didn't kill one demon. cast them out. So why are people busy trying to kill demons? Do you know why? They are not reading their Bible properly. I'm telling you, they are not reading their Bible properly. This thing is not about devils, it's about Christ. Are you saying the devil does not exist? I just said Jesus said Satan, get behind me. Didn't you hear that one? I just said the devil came to tempt Eve. Didn't you? The devil is there. But Paul told the church, I'm concerned that your minds, that's why I'm teaching you so that your minds, even your prayer life is a subject to what is in your heart. Even the effectiveness of your prayer life is at the mercy of your insight. Sit down. So, he created us. So he said, Adam is not good. He made okay. I was reading Ephesians. Let's finish the Ephesians. Verse 27, Ephesians 5:27. That he might present her to himself. What? A glorious church. A wife church? Okay, let's see. Glorious church. Having I having not having spots or wrinkle or any such thing. But that she should be holy and without blemish. Now, when you go to a wedding. When the bride is coming, usually, usually brides you traditionally are supposed to wear white, which shows that clean, cleanness. I'm not attached to any man. I'm coming. <laughs> but nowadays, the story is very interesting. So, so without sport, white, when there's sport, we'll see it. But the, the bride who is wearing brown dress. Hey, it's a statement to go. It's just like you go to the hotel and their towels are black. <laughs> so, without sports, without rank, verse 28. So, the way he said Christ is doing to the church, so, the, see, it's like he's talking about it. He was talking to husband and wife. Then he began to, the clearest picture, perfect picture he can give to a husband and wife is Christ and the church. So there seems to be some marriage relationship, romantic relationship, a divine romance between Christ and the church. That's why we love him. And that's why he loves us. And he said he's in us and we are in him. It's like we are one. He who is joined to the Lord is one. The two shall be one thing. So he says that so husbands have to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. The verse, the verse, verse 29. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Christ is cherishing the church. He's nourishing the church. That is why it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter things you have done. Once you come, he will cleanse you and then nourish you and cherish you. You are very precious. The church is so precious to Christ. The church is so precious. Never join people to attack a church. The next verse. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and his bone. Adam said to about Eve, this is my bone, the bone of my bone and flesh of my bone. Oh, what? That's in Genesis chapter 2 verse 22. This flesh of my... So Bible said we are members about Christ and the church, we, the church, are members of Christ's body and we are members of his flesh and of his bones. Look at the next verse. Oh, that, then he quotes what God quoted in Genesis when Adam's wife came. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Then he says, this is a great mystery. All right, but I speak concerning... Oh, wait, wait. So the man will leave his father and mother. Be, so even Adam, 
When he said, therefore, all that, when Jesus quoted, he said, this one is about Christ and the church. So there seemed to exist between Christ and the church a certain type of romance. When I talk about romance, please, let's remove sex. Um, I beg you, do me a favor. Sex is not a definition of romance. Neither is romance a process to sex. It's Hollywood who has made it so much. Even though amongst human beings, the way a husband and a wife can come together in unity, the only time they can come together is in the act. It's called the act of marriage. Sex in marriage is called the act of marriage. It's not a sin. It's not. It's, it's, it's expression of commitment. It's expression of intimacy. Intimacy. It's an expression of oneness. So, so that is why God blesses it. God made it for marriage. But Hollywood has taken out the out of marriage. Say, hey, free for all. It's your human right. Yes. It's your human right. Free for all. Sleep with anything you want. Eat anything you want. Only save the world and uh, save the planet. <laughs> but why are we saving the planet and destroying the people who are supposed to be inhabiting the planet now? So, you can see, probably have to continue this. You can see that throughout scripture, God was relating to his people as a husband. Now, can I tell you something? In the book of John chapter 3, from verse 26, 27, 28, disciples of John came to him. He said, sir, that guy you baptized, that came about Jesus, he's now baptizing on the other side. And all people are leaving your church to his church. <laughs> so, Rabbi, his church is growing. Your church is not growing. People are leaving. Your members are leaving and going to his church. John, Rabbi, do you know what John the Baptist said? He says that a man can receive nothing except be given to him from above. But that's not even so deep. Like the next verse. Yes, the next two verses are very serious. You yourself bear with me, bear me with me that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. I am not. So it means people going to the Christ is fine. Alright? First of all, he said, people must go to the Christ, not to come to me. That's why, Pastor, your job is not to attract people to you. You have to attract people to Christ. Now you are doing a good pastoral job. So he said, people must go to the Christ. I'm not the Christ. Can I explain something? John the Baptist says that, I'm not, I told you already, I'm not the Christ. So if people are going to him, that's fine. Now look at the next verse. He even explained it further. He says that he who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him, rejoice greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, that joy is mine. I'm just like a friend. I'm just like a best man. And I come and say, behold, the bride. The groom has come. Everybody is happy. Why should I be worried that the bride is going to the groom? Yes. Oh. So, is he trying to say Christ is like a groom? Yes. Yes. He's a prophet. He was a prophet. He was saying that Christ is like a groom and the people who are going to Christ, who is the church, we are like the bride. In Matthew chapter 22, in Matthew chapter 25, let's go to 25 first before we come to 25 verse 10. It talks about a great, uh, the wedding feast. The 10 virgins, five foolish ones, and they were all getting ready like church people who are ready for the coming of Christ. And then some first foolish ones didn't keep their fire burning through the word of God and the Holy Ghost. And so by the time the bride is coming, they were asleep. They didn't have oil. And so they say, all right, the bride is in. Those who are ready, they were, their fire went out. Don't backslide, please. Their fire went out. So they went to go and buy oil. They wanted those who have kept their fire. Can you share your fire with me? They said, no, this one is not shareable. Holy Ghost fire is not shareable. Go to them that sell it. Go listen to Pastor David. Yeah. Stay up some fire again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
God, stir up some fire again. Stir up the revival again. He said, go to them that sell it and buy for yourself. If you want Holy Ghost fire and oil, there are people God has put on earth who sell it. The selling there means that they dispense it. They, when you get close, when you listen to them, you are catching fire. Is, is someone catching fire at all? What's your blessing in the season? I can see my teacher. Please, please sit down. You guys, you guys are blessed. So, look at the verse 10. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. Ah, is there a wedding coming? Is there a wedding coming? Matthew chapter 22, verse 1 to 3. Is there a wedding coming? He says, then Jesus, Jesus answered and spoke a parable again to them and said, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged marriage for his son. Ah. His son? He arranged marriage? For his son? For his son? For the son? The son is going to have a wife? The son is going to have a bride? The son, the lamb. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who arranges marriage for his son. Look at that verse 3 and sent out servants, like those who have been preaching in Stratford. <laughs> those who have been preaching in Peckham, those who have been doing evangelism. They are servants God has sent out. Some of you who are here are here because somebody came to preach to you. Yeah. Sent out his servants to invite, uh, 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 sorry, sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. Why are you here? Because you've been invited to the wedding. And he said that, and they were not willing to come. Usually when you go out, he said, this is not for me. Uh, I don't do church. They were not willing to come. <laughs> Listen, you are here because there is a wedding ahead. I think because of time. Let me try and round up. Let me end with this scripture. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 2 and verse 7, verse 8 and 9. Revelation chapter 19, verse 2. It says that for true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. Who told you fornication is okay? If fornication can corrupt the earth, how much more your life? Tell somebody. I hope you are listening to what the pastor is saying. Hey, if someone is not saying it, the person is a suspect. The suspects can't say it. They can't say it. Look at somebody's eye. Check the person. I hope you are listening to what the pastor is saying. <laughs> Who let their dogs out? So he says that the harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication was, and he has revenged on her blood, on her, the blood of her servants, of, of his servants shed by her. Look at verse 7. In fact, go to chapter 17, verse 2. I think it's not the verse 19, 2. Look at 17, verse 2. I think that's the one. Um, um, okay, that's not the one I'm looking for. All right, let's go to 19:7. So I'll come, I'll come back to. Uh, for the first time, I have to open my notes because I wrote down some. This, that, that scripture is good. So it, it's, 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 it's like someone gotta, gotta, gotta get it. Gotta get it, got it? Got it? Got it? Good. Got it? Got it. <laughs> All right, so you let's look at seven because of my time. Revelation 19, seven, it says that, let us be glad and rejoice, giving glory to him, giving him glory. Why? For the marriage of the lamb 
has come. And his bride has made herself. The lamb has got a bride. The lamb has got a bride. The lamb has got a bride. Wow. Verse 8 says that, and it was given to her. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So there's going to come a marriage feast. That's why the first miracle Jesus did. The marriage. Because he came on earth so that God can have a counterpart. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.